Hello and welcome to Grumpy Gamers. You're here listening to me, Pete, and along with me I have Ben. Hello. Eddie. Hello. And Kirk. Hello, and there's a fucking train coming by, just as I said hello as well, so I can't yes. edit that one out. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's the kind of I energy we want. I actually thought in that intro I heard static and a train. So yeah, we, we, start, we started very, very well, guys. Very, very well. <laughs> well, start as you mean to go on, I suppose, is the key thing here. So Exactly. Yeah, distortions, weirdness, let's go with it. You're going to cut out at some point, Ben. So, I mean, we should just get used to these things. And Eddie might Eddie might have a broken fan. Yeah, so. my fan's <laughs> fucking going mental. So if, if, mm. if, if my... Uh, if my computer starts going crazy, you know what's happened, right? So if in 10 minutes there's three of us in a high wind, just accept it and move forward. That's the way <laughs> we're We're so well prepared. <laughs> They're so well prepared for, to- for tonight. That's good. The good thing is, though, we were to hear all these things in crystal clear audio, though. That's the key. Oh, yes. That's the oh, most yes. important part. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Except me, yeah. Um, we'll be running through the uh, the usual lineup here of the news, the new releases, a bit of what we've been playing. And our feature this week is... A bit of a debate on the lengths of different games, I suppose. I'm trying to think of how best to sum it up other than long versus short versus story generator, which doesn't seem like a catchy title, but I've used both now. So that'll give you an idea of what we're going for anyway. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure that I can use that as the title for the episode. No, we'll have, yeah, to, figure okay. something, we'll have to figure something better. Why story, why story generators are objectively better than all other games. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. Yeah. Uh, Too long, Pete. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we should probably start with the news, shouldn't we, Ben? Uh, yeah, I've got a short one because I'm not really going to talk about it as the first one, but we're just for completion. Um, we, um, uh, Troy Baker, the famed voice actor of video games, he played, uh, Joel in The Last of Us and, mm-hmm. and every other video game character ever. Um, he's been uh, wrapped up in an NFT controversy this week as he kind of put his name and, uh, got behind a, uh, NFT company that was doing some like um, voice projections to nft stuff it's oh, all bollocks God. he got into hot water i don't think he really know what he was doing and everyone's had a go at him that's mm. the news don't really want to we talked about nfts for weeks way too we? much yes if we yeah. have any more so, ventures of nfts on this show i think i'm gonna fucking lose it right okay that's, that's a good that. setup like it yeah okay <laughs> yeah so move, move, move it on Next, there's other news stories to talk about <laughs> there are there are eddie do you want to start us to avoid kirk um yeah i've actually got two this week but um let me start with the halo uh one halo xbox 360 servers have been shut down um ending an era um yeah. so th- this <clears throat> this typical uh this uh, news articles from uh Windows Central, um, but you can find it anywhere. Everyone's talking about it. Uh, Microsoft and 343 Industries have shut down the matchmaking multiplayer servers for the mainline Xbox 360 Euro Halo games, including Halo 3, Halo Reach, uh, and Halo 4, um, as well as Firefight matchmaking for Halo 3 ODST. Um, additionally, a number of other servers have been sunset as well, including FileShare in all the aforementioned games, as well as service records, player customization, and challenges in Halo Reach and Halo 4. In the days and hours leading up to the closures of the servers, uh, many Halo fans flocked back to these titles and entered matchmaking for one last time. Some helped a fellow fans get their final missing achievements, while others simply made truces uh, with the enemy and pose for large group screenshots. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love this. Uh, I mean, it's sad that it's kind of an era. Obviously, it's 
it, it, I don't think many people care now because obviously the new Halo, but it was nice that everyone kind of jumped back on. I, I know with Battlefield, everyone did it with that one as well, and they jumped back mm. on the old ones, which is quite nice. I, I saw stuff on this online, and I thought it was fucking brilliant. Like you said, like yeah. you mentioned about made truces, like just seeing mm. a bit like loads of uh, players just walking around, just looking at each other, talking, chatting over voice chat and whatnot, yeah. and just not, not actually playing the game as it's meant to be played, just no. just having fun. And I mean, that's that's quite a sweet thing, really, isn't it? If you think about yeah, it, you said you said that you said that video to me, Kirk, and it was basically of a, a fairly big streamer and somebody saying to one other guy, like, do you know who that is? And he's like, no, is he big? And he's like, yeah, he's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's probably this, streaming right now. <laughs> this was it. I saw a few good ones as well. Like there were, um, do you remember Construct from Halo 3, the big map with a, yeah, I do, you yeah. can jump off yeah. one side of the map. Yeah, but like, yeah. as the game ticked down, all eight players lined up to jump off in unison. Um, <laughs> nice. So that was like the final shot for them was all of them leaping off the edge. That's I thought awesome. that was a cool touch. Do you know, I think it's really sad as well. Do you remember on Halo 3, they had the world map, didn't they, with uh, lit areas of where the most popular mm. well, where players were around the world? And they there was a video of what that looked like afterwards, and it's just dead, that, that no lights are on. And that, that's just quite, it's quite, it's quite sad. Yeah, the thing is, but you can you can still play these I, on the Master I Chief know, version. I know, so. I know, but it's not the same. I mean, I, ne- mm. I never would have gone back to a 360 personally, but it's it's just mm. one of those. It's like like Eddie said, it's end of era, isn't it? So. Yeah, yeah, mm. but yeah. But as there Ben says, you can play them on the Master Chief collection if you still want to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yes, yes. Mm. It's on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. It, it is. is free. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, right, it's right there, right in front of you. Um, <laughs> go on, go on then, Kurt. Give us your news. All right. Well, Stalker Two has been delayed till December. Have you guys heard of this? Yeah. Yes. yes. So, Damn it. I know. I was really looking forward to this. Um, so, it's, a seven-month delay seems very specific, don't you think? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, it's weird, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's very, it's very large. Like you would have, you would have known this before January. Yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, the game was originally uh, announced to come out April twenty-eighth, but. Uh, the studio have announced, and here is a quote from them, Stalker 2 is the biggest project in the history of GSC, and it requires thorough testing and polishing. We are convinced that development should take as long as necessary, especially in the case of such a project. This decision is not an easy one, but we are doing the best possible to deliver you a game that can live up to expectations. Now, what what do you, what do you guys think about this? Because I had a thought... And you remember back in December, there was a huge controversy around the fact they had NFTs in this game. Oh shit, I've just mentioned mm. NFTs, I'm going to lose it. Um, yep. Yep. <laughs> the the fact that they said they're going to remove all of them, Yeah. do we think that actually it, the game, I, the game I imagine was pretty pretty ready to go because they've been they've been hammering it like to, to come out in on in April, but I think the NFTs to be omitted from the game of actually going to take them longer than they realized cuz uh, what do you think I think I think um I think that's probably unlikely but I think I love the idea that they're so deeply embedded in the game <laughs> they're like shit fuck <laughs> oh, I need to the whole game. 7 months <laughs> Either, but it's it's a, it's a 7 month delay like i said it's very specific well, and also I, this this also sends it to a december release and mm. i think like last year where we had quite a few big hitters come out at the uh, on game pass at the end of the year we're going to have the same thing this year, assuming well, that Scorn and Starfield do not get delayed. Well, this is a this is a big a big thing for Stalker because you're essentially, in terms of Game Pass, you've put yourself up against Starfield. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Potentially, and that's like, but yeah, 
Yeah, potentially. But, yeah, but <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's that's a big decision to make. I think the more kind of like for Xbox, I think this is a big deal. So let's just say uh, from the outset, because we kind of have to. Oh, if a game needs time, it needs time. We're not saying anybody needs to rush games out because no. rush games no, end up being bad games. The famous quote, blah 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 blah. But I mean, I was really looking forward to this. I was really, really looking forward to this. Um, I thought, I thought it looked fantastic. It really, really, because it was in, it's on Unreal Engine Five, isn't it? It's one of the first mm-hmm. Unreal Engine yeah. Five games. It looked spectacular. It was a a proper next gen game as well, just for Series S and X and PC, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there was something a bit like because they are very few and far between. Uh, those those games, Starfield is another one, but the like. S and X exclusives. You're looking at like the medium, like something like that. Yeah. So this was a this was a big ass game, and and now you've got to be. I'm asking like I was really excited for Xbox, but I, isn't it quite a while? So they've got like a a big game coming out now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's is the the roster's not looking great at the moment. At least not for the first half of the year. I think mm-hmm. second half they it's going to be jam-packed again but it's it's ultimately what this is it's just a shame um but like you said we need if they need more time they need more time so well this is this is the thing as well is it could well be that there were four months needed and they've gone well what is the point if of not launching at a key time then you know what i mean december is a good time to release generally they they may be thinking about Mm. what they may be actually looking at the release schedule and saying okay what don't we want to compete with Mm. and they might even be anticipating that god of war comes out um, for a summer release, yeah, and I mean, they might also, by the way, be anticipating that Starfield isn't making all the time and putting games in there to plug the gap. Not that I'm, not that I'm saying, but we don't, we don't know these discussions. Um, yeah, no, we don't. yeah, yeah. A- absolutely. But they've definitely made a and then a big, a big call there. And they're, um, but they're going to want the Game Pass roster to be good just before Christmas. Yeah, definitely. because that's when people are. are picking consoles. I, and yeah, maybe that's a good. So Xbox may not view that as a bad thing, and mm. we do know that Xbox are picking up a lot of the a lot of good Game Pass games. A Mass Effect Trilogy, uh, mm. uh, Legendary Edition was a mm. an exceptional pickup. Agreed. Um, Hitman Trilogy is coming, isn't it? Hitman Trilogy is coming yeah. just out now as well, and we are aware that they do that. And I was just discussing this, I think, with Pete the other day, and you know, it's not they are the, these rumors have simmered right down, but. Who knows? Elden Ring's coming out soon. <laughs> Game Pass, Elden Ring. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, it who would knows? be nice to... Please make that it would happen. be <laughs> glorious. You just want to save some money, don't you? Pete? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm paying ten pounds a month. I like a subscription. All right, just uh, <laughs> just fit everything into it. That'd be perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it could be the NFTs though, but let's let's avoid mentioning them anymore. And mm. I think pass back to Ben. You had some other news, didn't you? I do have that. We can't consider the first one news. Of course, <laughs> not news. It's not yeah. news. This is my first one, right? No, no, um, that was your so, big story for the week. These are the little ones. Uh, okay, yeah. So you do you do start with the big stories in the news, don't you? Um, uh, yeah, Pokemon had a gameplay trailer reveal for Legends Arceus this mm, week. It did indeed. Um, and as always, not everyone in the Pokemon community was happy. Um, basically, it was a 30-minute trailer. It showed movement around the world. It showed general mission structure, catching Pokemon, transitions into battle, all that kind of stuff uh, in that open-world setting and how that would work. Yeah. And for me, looks pretty good. Um, the Monster Hunter vibes were there. The same kind of crafting elements, all that kind of stuff. Crafting elements look great. And I thought, 
the hype was strong. I, I've, uh, I've pre-ordered it. I think the gameplay is going to be decent. I am a massive Pokemon fan, so almost anything you put in front of me, I'm going to like and enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, of course. Yeah. But, but the main, the main stir from this was the graphics. Um, Forbes, I think, wrote an article off the back of this saying it's unacceptable for a game to look like this in this day and age with the the budget and everything that's behind this game. Um, Are you sure I wasn't writing that article? (laughs) Eddie Eddie Moonlight's for Forbes. Um, Well, Pokemon is the biggest video game franchise in the world. Revenues... Total revenues over ninety billion dollars. Best RPG of all time mental. as well. Don't but, that. And we yes. and, and and obviously Grumpy Games did objectively mm. choose it as the uh, best RPG of all time. So beating um, Skyrim so yeah. and The Witcher. Yeah, yeah, that happened. <laughs> that happened. Mm. And Breath of the Wild. Um, mm. But uh, anyway, uh, Eve. But but the thing that people don't uh, don't kind of remember in this all this kind of argument is Game Freak who make Pokemon. Mm. I've never made a good-looking game. They did make a game called Town fairly recently, but that was... Let's forget about that crap. Um, <laughs> they don't make good-looking games at all. Even Pokemon Snap, which came out on the Switch last year, mm-hmm. that was made by Bandai, Nam- uh, Bandai Namco. Yeah. Like, and that is a good-looking Switch game, but even then it wasn't that good-looking. Mm-hmm. And, and, and beyond everything else with this game, we've literally seen trailers of this game before. What the fuck were people expecting? Well, there's well, there's, there's another bit to this as Ben uh, as well, Ben, which is it's a Switch game. It doesn't what matter. What are you expecting like, it to look like? I mean, that's a bit harsh, but, uh, but, but <laughs> no, but but also true to an extent. So I think Thank people's you. main points are like, um, well, Breath of the Wild doesn't look like this. Yes, mm. but Breath of the Wild wasn't made by Game Freak, so Game Freak don't make good-looking games. But what they do make are good. Um, Games with good gameplay, and if you're already invested in the world, the game sells itself to you. Mm. So I, I'm still hyped for this game. Like people have been comparing this to like, oh, this looks like a PS2 game or a GameCube game. It's like, oh, shut the fuck up. They got a point. Like, what? No, no this they is, haven't. This is the Go thing back as and well. Play the fucking PS2. Mm. I mean, this is that the thing like as well. Fucking though. dog shit. It's it's a very stylized art style. Like mm. they've gone with that and they've leaned into it. I don't. I, I'm with you, Ben. I don't think it looks bad at all for what it no. is, and I wouldn't have expected anything different. Whether that's because I've seen previous videos on it, or because of the fact that I still remember Red versus Blue, and if you were playing them for their graphical quality, then <laughs> I worry about Abs- you. To be honest, <laughs> absolutely. And and like for me, like this speaks to my what what I wanted from Pokemon. This is a mm. transition point in the Pokemon world, and uh, and hopefully this moves on for their mainline games, and they build on this but for me like this is something that i wanted to see and i think gameplay wise this could deliver and that's what i'm interested in gameplay Mm. and and going to your point pete and i know your point may have tried to be hurtful but it is a switch (laughs) game it is a switch and 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 it's not as important yeah and Mm. and maybe the argument is it's the biggest franchise in the world game freak get your fucking checkbook out Mm. or ask somebody to help you maybe and mm. I do accept all of those points. I, I would love a good-looking Pokemon game. But we don't get those, and we've seen this before, so we knew what it was. So yeah. what the fuck do you expect? That said, I will so. I will um, reiterate an idea to you, which is I would love to see a grim, gritty, real version of Pokemon. Because can you imagine someone roaming around with Charizard in a gritty setting? <laughs> like, well, there is a, <laughs> a, a live-action... Netflix are making a live-action series. I know, Pokemon. which is just nightmare fuel, frankly, Like when you mm. think about it. Just, it. 
it, it just yeah that that to me sounds fucking excellent. It's, but, it's basically just going to be a Witcher turning up with the monsters they're meant to hunt. Yeah, like that's the, that's what we're going to end up with. <laughs> um, so that's that's our that's our Pokemon story. Do you want me to do the next one as well? Yeah, yeah why not? I think it's a good segue for graphics because there are uh... oh that very yeah Kirk you're, you're damn right Kirk. Um, <laughs> So, uh, leaked images of the PS4 version of Horizon Forbidden West mm. came out. Um, I didn't see the pictures because when I clicked on them on Reddit, they'd already fucked they've off. They've gone, so, haven't they? Yeah, they've got, they're gone. Um, but the general response in the comments was that they looked pretty damn amazing and even on a base level PS4. So that's quite impressive. I saw a couple of YouTube videos where people were very, very excited from what they'd seen. I, I'm i more reserved because I fucking hate screenshots because you've got people like Kirk taking screenshots of things saying they look fucking amazing, yeah. but the game doesn't Personal actually attack, look like that. Yeah, yeah. Falls that, on. yeah. yeah. yeah falls, exactly. Yeah. Oh, look at this fucking screenshot. Oh, it looks amazing. amazing. No, it doesn't. It looks guys. amazing. Yeah. No, that's not what the game looks like Lovely, because yeah. it goes for a lot of filters on the whatever. Yeah, so you've got a lot of Kirks out there. That's what I'm saying. Kirk's got a lot of Wow, right, okay. A lot, a lot of Kirks, and 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 this is what makes people think that Forza is the fucking second coming. It's not. Kirk. It's not. Uh, anyway, <laughs> move on. Um, but the big point from this, me bringing this up, is that there are now. This can only really have come from the game being out in the wild early. So, and if somebody is willing to do this, don't be surprised if you start to see spoilers for the game. So, if you are into Horizon and you're really, really pumped for Forbidden West and you don't want to know about any spoilers, just be aware because we know what happened with The Last of Us 2, hashtag Joel dies, and <laughs> everybody found out, didn't they? <laughs> Sorry if you, you didn't know. Mm. Again! Honestly, if, if, if this is the time they're finding out listening to this podcast, then they've not paid enough attention beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they're new I, listeners and now they're like, fucking hell, these guys... Well, now they'll know yeah. the joke we're referencing there then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, I mean, we've said it. Enough. It's all been said. It's all been said. Anyway, that's that's my news. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I actually... I'm quite excited for Forbidden West from what I've seen of it. Um, even do you know mm. the what was it? It was the Tribes trailer that was most recent, wasn't it? Yes, actually, it officially, that looks yeah. really good. Like, yeah, that looks. What, really what I love so, about Horizon is I love I love the I love the, the scenery. I I, lo- I mm. love the the world that they've built, and it's just really vibrant and colourful. Yeah, it is so yeah. different from Fallout as that post-apocalypse thing, isn't it? Mm. Um, but also, this well, second game looks more vibrant than the first. I. Mm. Like the the frozen wilds, I think was the DLC on the la- on the last one. And I, like that's cool. Like the the setting, I I, I love snow, mm. but this is now <laughs> so away from that, and it's and this is the vibrant kind of uh, and uh, you know I I like to see where they're going with it, and it, it's a ha- it is actually quite a happy looking game, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Massively so, massively so. Well, I I can't wait to play it. I'll be reviewing it, so uh, I w- I won't get to play it, but I will look forward to hearing about it. <laughs> <Lovely>. <laughs> And Eddie, I believe you had another one as well, didn't you? Yeah, cool. Let's talk about another thing that Pete won't play. Uh, mobile games. Ever. So, <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, so uh, this article's from Eurogamer, but it's actually based on um, a new State of Mobile 22 report from App Annie. Um, mobile games spending reached $116 billion globally last year. Jesus. Mm. Um, yeah, wow. that's quite a wow, figure. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's an increase of $42 billion since 2018. Uh, what's more, total app uh, store spending was $170 billion across all apps, meaning games make up a significant proportion of total mobile spending. Um 
I know we've talked about mobile spending, uh, mobile gaming before. It's weird how we're a gaming podcast, and I don't think we've ever given more than a minute towards mobile games, but mm. we won't do that today either. So um, good, thank you. The, yeah. <laughs> you know what really upset me is um, this. Um, I saw this with another article. Um, the Avatar game that we've we've heard whispers of. Um, yeah. Disney and Tencent uh, have announced the Avatar game. Uh, it's called Avatar Reckoning. It's a MMO RPG. Sounds amazing. I saw the screenshot of like, um, well, they've just given us one screenshot, and it looks exciting to even think of an Avatar game. But it's for iOS and Android devices. Yeah. So that's so. That, but that's that's a spin-off from the actual Avatar game that's coming out. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, I assume so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I I like. I know you said you're excited about the Avatar game. I I didn't know if anybody in the world would be excited about something which is from fucking. Many, many moons There's ago. a sequel coming, it, then. There's a it's sequel It's not coming. even... Yeah, yeah, I've heard this. And also, isn't there a TV series in the works or something? I think so, yeah. Well, um, I think there were three more films, anyway. It was, it's, don't still you think it's weird on. reviving franchises where, like, the kids that had watched that are all grown up and don't give a fuck now? What, like, well, Eddie, does, Eddie does, actually. To, yeah, no, to be that honest, was, yeah, that was sure. very good. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Avatar is going to continue getting made until James Cameron drops dead, though. Like, I don't think he cares if anyone even wants it anymore. I think it's just he's making it happen. I, I'm not sure anybody wanted it at the time. It's just a 3D film. <laughs> yeah, I'm not interested in the movies at all, but I, I think it's a brilliant setting for a computer game. Mm. Yeah, no, I do agree with that. I think the world that they have there seems quite impressive. Mm. I I, I thought the first film, uh, the, the film obviously was just had just so much hype around it because of the 3D and yeah, what it did that. around it. Yeah. I didn't. I thought the film was quite... Yeah, it was a okay. rubbish. But yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it was great, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, the problem is, yeah. uh, as Ben said, I had all the hype before because it was wasn't mm-hmm. it like the biggest since Titanic um, box sales or something like that. I think. Yeah. I think it. I think it was. Yeah, I, it I beat think Titanic, it, didn't it? I think it, it beat number one for quite a while. Not not Titanic. I think, yeah, I think it did. Beat yeah, Leo. Yeah. yeah, it did. Yeah, but then uh, they re- they re-released Titanic, so that it went back to the that's, top. Spot. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> James Cameron well, couldn't that, let one of that, his <laughs> yeah, yeah. get ahead of the other. No, I beat myself. <laughs> yeah. No, Ti- Titanic deserves it. He made the ultimate sacrifice. Um, uh, let's not go anyway. down that road. Fuck's sake! It's not again, Ben. <laughs> oh no, he. Oh my god, I cry. No, no, move on, move on. Um, he could have gone on the door. I, I, he I really gone want to move on, but I feel we need to go into this, Ben. This could be no, like a therapy no, moment. No, uh, absolutely not. I'm going to talk about a therapy moment later on. Um, anyway, Fantastic. anyway, I don't, I don't know what game is it. Fortnite that's causing all these, uh, all the mobile spend. Is that, is that still a thing? Is um, that you know what? Mental? The article did have a list. Um, but because I only wanted to mention this briefly, um, uh, there was loads. There was Counter Strike. Um, right, that was okay. one of them. Uh, yeah, I think Fortnite was in there. It includes like in purchase buying as well, which of course things like Fortnite and that have. Um, yeah, and, and yeah. they're really quite good just, at doing so. Just a quick point on this: that whole Take Two deal with Zynga now makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> that's oh, a gosh. great yeah. yeah. The, that's, and that's also, a good point. if they get GTA on mobile, they we all know they fucking love making money out of a fucking cash cow that it already is. Yeah, Come on. yeah. That, oh my god, it's just going to be GTA on the phone, and they won't yeah. make a new one ever. Yeah, they never that's need exactly to. it. That's exactly yeah. it. Wow. Well. That's that's depressing. Um, and, I mean, most of this news has been, to be honest. But to continue in that vein, we also had the news this week that Microsoft have shut down Xbox One production. Yeah, didn't we? about this as well. 
Yeah, so Microsoft have officially stopped manufacturing all Xbox One consoles. The software giant originally discontinued the Xbox One X and the digital Xbox One S ahead of the Xbox Series X launch. My God, can we stop saying great Xbox na- over great, and over again? Great naming conventions as well, <laughs> isn't it? Come on, guys. Um, and then they quietly stopped manufacturing the Xbox One S at the end of 2020 leaving retailers to sell out the remaining stock. Mm. And the comment from Cindy Walker, who's the senior director of Xbox console product marketing, um, said, to focus on production of Xbox Series X, my God, I'm just saying the console (laughs) over and over again. Um, We stopped production for all Xbox One consoles by the end of 2020. So, yeah, this came out at pretty much the exact same time that a Bloomberg report suggested that Sony had planned to end PS4 production at the end of 2021, but had then decided not to, um, and are now manufacturing a million PS4s in 2022. Hmm. So, I mean, firstly, it automatically flags me up about that. Which one of these two believes in generations again? <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm just yeah, curious. It's a fair comment. Um, yeah, but the other bit that came up is, do I mean, it's probably linked to the chips again, isn't it? Partially. Um, I mean, Xbox, it makes sense to dial back Xbox One consoles regardless, but they are actually doing pretty well with demand for the Series S Mm -hmm. at the moment. Um, And it's in stock in the UK. It's in stock at Best Buy in the US. So they're doing pretty well with that. So I think maybe they've gone, yeah, we're fine. We don't need anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was actually a comment from Big Phil Spencer uh, talking about we can actually build more of the Series S chips in the same space as we can for one Series X. Yeah. So it gives you an idea of where they're going with it uh, and an idea of why they've gone for this. But I do find it strange that the PS4 is still in production. I know, Ben, as well, that they've got so many of them out there. This makes sense as to why they're they're cross-generational for the games coming out this year. Yeah, so so Gran Turismo was originally a PS5 exclusive, but obviously Mm -hmm. now it's PS4 and PS5. We're yet to know how it runs on PS4, but I'm sure Sony will make sure it works well. Mm. Um, Interestingly, I think I heard this was not even PS4 Pros. This was just base-level PS4s. Yeah, it is. Um, but, But you can understand from Sony's perspective that they're not selling PS5s. So they have a revenue line which has gone to zero, effectively, <laughs> you know. So they they can do this, and, you know, it doesn't really fit with anything, but people will buy them, so might as well get it out there. Uh, I'm just interested to see, like, the, the price of what they're selling PS4s at. Like, if they produce them, how cheap are they going to be? Because, like, you can't really justify any real significant <laughs> purchase money on it, can you? Yeah, it's it's a difficult one, especially if you're building them brand new. Um, I mean, how cheap are they to produce is something we're not going to bother considering, really. But you've got a point there, Ben. And well, it is... Go on. Go on. Oh, I was going to say, uh, Argos is going... They're, they're selling PS4s for £250. So. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> that you, is, can, you can buy a Series S well, for You can get a Series S for that. Why would you still get a PS4 when you can get a Series S? But... Yeah, it's um, it's just a bit of a strange situation, particularly after coming out so strong with the Generations comment a while back. Mm. I Mental. find it odd that they then go, we're going to make another million PS4s. Well, they um, said the generational thing uh, just to sound like 
Barry Big Balls. I, I and, know. Uh, yeah. and, yeah. and, and, those balls and have withdrawn that. quickly, it seems. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right back up in there. <laughs> yeah. So it's, but yeah, it was just an amusing one. And I imagine the PS5 continues to be hampered by the chips. I imagine the chip for the PS4 must be an awful lot easier to make. Like, yeah. That's yeah. got to be but the key thing here. So, interestingly, even Series X's, you can find them, just not not mm. that readily available but they are there like uh we saw one a week or so ago thinking about ordering it you know mm. it was it was there it was ready to be to be got so you know uh xbox do have them out in the wild they do is that, is that due to a lack of demand though but anyway <laughs> yes yeah, yeah probably so yeah but it's um but it's an interesting god it was a depressing news section guys we had at least we have some fucking news to talk about I mean, yes, that's a that's a massive benefit. But the end of end <laughs> yeah, of we, Halo, we, we actually had to talk about mobile gaming, which is just sickening. Um, people talking bad about a Pokemon game that they've seen before, like it's not the most positive of news weeks, is it? We threw a lot of the wall this week. And, uh, <laughs> none, of it was none of it was none of it was friendly or nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose I suppose we should move on to the uh, to the upcoming new games. I'm sure there's something there that will make us feel positive. Come on, Eddie. All right, I'll start. Um, I have been playing Heyday on mobile gaming. Um, <laughs> let me spend 15 minutes talking about this. Uh, this is new releases, Eddie. I don't know why you talk about Heyday. That's been out for ages. <laughs> Damn it. I just wanted to piss you off, Pete. Um, it's been a slow week. So um, there's Expedition to Rome. We talked about that last week. Um, I... I'm excited about this one, um, I said, because I've played Expeditions Vikings, um, but this should be good because hopefully they've can, ironed out the bad things and they've got some... Can re- I just say yeah. a few, but before we start here, um, it's because Pete's, it was Pete's first week of putting the new releases together last week and he put too many in. He did too uh, many days. Well, I did, I did what you did, Ben, which was putting the, the ones that are like a couple of days from when it actually yeah, released. Yeah, you know, you got excited done. by them as well. Yeah, you did it I've, all the time. I, <laughs> Yeah. I've never, I've never done it this badly, guys. Guys, <laughs> there needs to be some structure. I had to flesh out the list, all right? Like, look how few there are. If you take out these, Come I mean, on. there are three here that were uh, that were in last week. Four, at least. four, 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 four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but right. that's four, out of a total of six for everyone listening. Like, it's not a big week. Right? <laughs> you've called, you've called this week. So anyway, sorry, Eddie. Sorry, um, apologies. Yeah. yeah, so it's an RPG game. Check it out. Um, I've got on my wish list. Really excited about that. Um, another mm. one I'm excited about. Rainbow Six Extraction we talked about that last week January 20th um, it's coming out on all the consoles Um, that's a player versus enemy Um, are we going to play this guys? I think it's yeah, yeah, it's on yeah, Game Pass. Definitely. It's on Game Pass, baby. Ooh, nice. Me, Pete, and Eddie as a team. Your boy. Yes, <sighs> yes, that would be good. No one else. No one else. If one of us can't make it, we'll just put down the controls we'll, and not play. We'll play something. We'll play something else. We'll play something else. Yeah, yeah, play a single player game. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, next game, Warno. Uh, guess what? We talked about this last week. Coming out mm. January twentieth on PC. <laughs> you know what's funny? We talked about this last week, and I tried to do more research after the poddy, mm. and I still couldn't find shit all. But I looked at their previous games, and I ended up buying one of their games. It's called War Game. Um, I think it's called, like, European Escalation. But I found it for £2, so £2.90. So yeah, that's nice. right up your street in purchase mm. value, isn't it's it? It's my, my kind of price. But I, I'll be... I haven't played it this week because I've got coronavirus, so I've been a bit under the weather, I think. That's probably mm. a nice that, way to put it. Is that what uh, you say? 
Yeah, yeah, I haven't, I haven't been feeling great on top of the world. Well, he's not been so. above the weather. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, so. I, feel like, I feel like having COVID's a bit more than under the weather. But yeah, sure, no, okay. <laughs> I, 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 it, it varies yeah. case by case. <laughs> yeah, when I had a hangover on Sunday, that was that was troublesome. Um, a hangover. Mm. You yeah. probably didn't do yourself any fucking famous drinking the day before, you prick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You come up with this. Might have been a factor. All right, next one. Wind Jammers 2. Um, this is the game we talked about last week that looked horrendous. Um, oh, yeah. But it it, Wind Jammers 1 was apparently a big deal. So uh, that's coming out. PC, Switch, and Stadia January 20th. Um, now on to two of the games that uh, that we haven't talked about. Hidden Deep, coming out on PC January 24th. Hidden Deep is an atmospheric sci-fi action game heavily inspired by Aliens, The Thing, and Half-Life. Explore, climb, swim, scan, blast, and shoot your way through dangerous missions in a huge sub-oceanic mining and research facility. Fear the horrors that lurk below. Now, before anyone gets excited by that blurb, I got excited (laughs) by that blurb. And then I looked it up, and I was horrified by the shit that it looked like. And Eddie, I did the I did exactly same thing. I saw that blurb that Peter put in there, and I was like, "Holy shit! What the fuck is this? This could be amazing. Yeah. It's on PC as well. Mm-hmm. I don't like it's something obscure. Maybe I could buy it. No, you don't want that. No one wants you know, that. You know what it was? It was the fact that they mentioned Aliens, which there have been some good Alien games. I know a lot of hardcore gamers will disagree with that fact. but And also Half-Life, obviously, legendary game. So I thought, holy shit, those two, like, genres kind of merged in. This could be amazing. But it's, no. a, it's a little 2D side-scroller game, isn't it? That's mm-hmm. not the worst thing in the world. It's like Carrion was uh, 2D kind of, mm. what, yes. 2.5D, maybe what? Cause I, and that had some... People really liked that game. This doesn't seem like that, though. Isn't, isn't well, come on, guys. Well. I think I think you're forgetting something here, which is um, the only thing I remember from watching a couple of videos about this game is that when he uses a, what's it called? A, a grappling line you go down. What are they called again? What? You know what's what I mean. A rope? Abseil? <laughs> Abseiling. Thank you, Kirk. Yeah. For once, you were useful. Perfect. Abseiling. <laughs> Yeah, when he abseils, it looks exactly like it used to in Worms, like 20 years ago. They're like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like rocks either way on the end of it. It looks fantastic. Oh, fantastic. Oh, such a such a little callback, that one. But yes, otherwise, I had the exact same reaction. It was like, whoa, this sounds awesome. Oh, mm. what a shame. Mm. So, Good. yeah, for fans of 2D side scrollers, I'm sure it'll be great fun. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, check that out if you if you fancy. You know what it reminded me of. Uh, but to be fair, that this game is really. Do you remember Jurassic Park on the um, Sega Mega Drive? Yeah, it looks a bit like that, like the setting and stuff. It does. It does, but, doesn't it? Actually, but I don't want to. I don't want to compare it to that because Jurassic Park no, on the Sega. It was, was that was an awesome game. Yes, it was incredible. <laughs> this this <laughs> does not look like it. Um, <laughs> next one, uh, Revere Knights Tactics uh, coming out on PC, PlayStation Four, Xboxes, Switch, uh, January twenty fifth. Um, Revere Knights Tactics is a turn based tactical RPG with strategic battles in isometric grids where every decision can alter the story. Travel through a hand-drawn fantasy world and lead your heroes in a story-rich adventure, visual novel style. Um, Yeah, this is, I guess it's an RPG. It's got certain RPG mechanics, uh, you know, equipping and levelling up Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, But what, what I was put off by, but some people might enjoy, is that it has, as it says there, a visual novel style. It's kind of like a cartoony art 
style. It might yeah. appeal to some people, um, not to me, but um, yeah, have you have you guys seen this one? I thought it looked all right. You know, um, mm. it, it has got that art style that some people may really uh, really enjoy, and I think the combat could be quite good i think this uh in a way reminded me um of uh banner saga banner saga banner saga Saga. yeah Yeah, it reminded me a bit of that so um yeah this might not be the worst i mean yeah there's some similarities in the way they do the art to Thronebreaker as well um you know that sort of drawn style but it's just it's a bit too cartoony for me i mean the, the outside portions of it look like plants versus zombies (laughs) <laughs> a, li- a little bit and I mean they also just everything about it is a little bit too bright and colourful you know what it, for, yeah. me, for my taste yes. anyway you don't like uh, bright and colourful do you I'm exactly the same and uh, especially with Grim. this genre with RPGs <laughs> I want to feel immersed and I mm. don't think I will be able to do that when like you see the drawing of the characters they look like you know like a little. Oh, it looks just a bit too cartoony to be an RPG for me mm. yeah I agree mm. So um, a, br- a, yeah. a brilliant week of new releases then. Yeah, that's it. Literally two. Well, <laughs> I think that's so on Pete. That is on Pete. No, no. When I checked, it was mostly that I'd overshot last week's a little bit, and there was nothing else. So <laughs> yes, yeah, so technically he hasn't done anything wrong this week, but he did do mm. a lot wrong. I made huge week. mistakes yes, yeah, in the yeah. past, but I'm not respons- <laughs> responsible for my past. Right. Uh, <laughs> present, present me did nothing wrong. Okay, so that's all we can talk about, really. True, true that. <laughs> And at that stage, I think it's time to move on to what we've been playing, really. Cool. Lovely. Lovely, yeah. And I think, I mean, we should probably start with me and Kirk, shouldn't we? Because we've been sure. playing the same thing again. We have. Oh, was it Mass yeah. Effect? Mm. Yeah, it Mass is. Effect, yeah. yeah. So I've continued uh, from last week, because obviously the, the, all the rage that this game uh, was back in 2007. <laughs> and mm. um, I'm going to be honest, and this is controversial, but I don't fucking care, because it's my opinion... I've got nothing good to say about it this week. I have started hitting my head against a brick wall with it because <laughs> I, I just can't get along with... I, I, I've, I'm i pretty sure it's the dated mechanics and just the, the fact it has not aged well in terms of its gameplay and the, and the story, to be honest with you. Um, mm. So uh, I landed on Pharos. Is it Pharos? Is how you yeah. say it? Yeah. Um, and one thing that I found extremely jarring, like I know last week I said... I'm I'm enjoying the story, but a lot of it is quite tedious to me and uh, jarring as well. Because when I landed on Pharaohs, I spoke to this guy who says I got to go and speak to some some bloke called um, I, I can't remember his bloody name. It's like the head of the of the colony. That, yeah, mm. um, and out of absolutely nowhere, like the the cameras panned on Shepard, and then all of a sudden. He says, take cover, his face doesn't move, and right behind this guy that you're speaking to, there are a bunch of, um, a- a- uh, I can't remember what they're the called, the aliens, yeah. the, the Geth, sorry. And I was just like, and he, they, they kill him, and they're just right behind him in a corner. And I was thinking, mm. this is so fucking weird. Like, there was no setup to it. The, 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 <laughs> the way it was written was god-awful. And I was like, okay, fine, okay, I'll kill the, I'll kill these Geth and carry on. And then I got on to the Mako, and the Mako can go fuck itself. I do not like that vehicle <laughs> at all. It is absolutely dog shit to drive. I fucking hate it. I've never driven a vehicle so god-awful in my life in a video game before. And Pete, I think, you, I think you've got a thing or two to say about that one as well, haven't you? Yeah, well, I mean, there's... There's some differences, obviously, because I've got uh, sort of halcyon glasses on when I'm talking about Mass Effect. Yes. Um, and one of those memories was, oh, yeah, even the Mako, you, you enjoy those. Things. No, 
No, no, you don't. <laughs> you get through those sections. Like, I'll, I'll be fair to it. The thing is pretty much indestructible and you can't tip it over even if you accelerate hard the entire time, which is, you know, pretty damn good. But my God, it's dull. Yeah. Like, especially I've been, I do all the extra stuff because I'm just that kind of person. So the Uncharted Worlds bit, after like one, you're like, oh yeah, this is not great. I remember why I've mostly replayed two and three, not Mass Effect one. Um, so so mm. I, I've I've I I've been losing my patience with this, and whilst I was on this planet, I got mm. lost so much, and <laughs> I was getting really pissed off. It's the level design is not great. Uh, there are passageways that you're meant to go through, and I remember you know the you know the area where you have to um for the to, to put the water back on for yeah. them. Mm. Um, I spent way too long in that section going up and down that fucking corridor and <laughs> trying to find where the, uh, the, the the panels were that I needed to, to light up. And I just I just got lost. And I don't get lost in games like that. And I, I, is, there, is, there, is there a map in this game? Yes. Am I? There is. Okay. Yeah, there's a map yeah, yeah. on the menu, Kirk. It's very easy. There's okay. a map in, map yeah. in every to every area, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Maybe I should have referred to the what, map. Uh, well, what I, I found on, on day one with the map, <laughs> and interesting, <laughs> interestingly, on the map section, uh, on day one, mm. um, the it didn't register that you were facing in the right direction. <laughs> like it, it, it had you facing a different direction, so I was like... How is anybody using this fucking map? But yes, there's a there's a map, Kirk. Okay, and I didn't know that. I, okay. I, well, I mean, that's on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, totally. like, I get it's, that. it's literally named on the menu you go to for your characters. You'd think you'd find map. it quickly enough. Map, yeah. It's not like it's called something else. No, uh, no. <laughs> I, I, I get that. I get that. I, I just, I am not, I'm not getting on with the way that the game plays, though. Like, it's, mm. I, I, I thought, I've put five and a half hours into it now, and about half of that is running around in fucking circles, clearly. But I, I, I don't, I just, I cannot get. You know you can adjust to a game's mechanics, can't you, after time? Uh, I'm not adjusting to it, and I don't mm. want to carry on playing it. So well, I'm, try- I'm, I'm kind of thinking now that maybe, can I just jump to the second one and just like get a recap of the first one? Can I do that? Because I just don't want to spend any more time on this. I mean, it's worth checking. So one of the DLC for the original Mass Effect 2 was basically allowing you to make some of the key choices from Mass Effect 1 at the start of the game. And oh, right. okay. I believe the DLC are included. So if you activated that, you could probably skip it. Um, yeah, I'm sure you can skip it. Uh, mm. I I, th- I think because when I started 2, it let me import my character. But I, it's, I think I remember it being after a bit. And I was like, well, is this going to import my character? Or is it just asked me some questions about what I did and stuff. Yeah, so, so there's the DLC was called Genesis and it's like it just gives a quick summary of the key beats and you get to make your choices on like the big the major decisions. So okay. I I do think that is is in the legendary edition for two as well. I'll find out soon I, enough. So but, one of our one of our friends, uh friend of the show, Ross, he mm. has not played one, I don't think. No, so, he never did. So I think absolutely and he loves Two and three. Mm. So I think absolutely you can just play two and three. But that'd be a bit of a shame because I think you're probably about 60% the way, sixty way through. I mean, as I said last week, I think it's a, I think it's a 10-hour game. I don't want to... Yeah, but See, if it's I think a 10-hour game, if he's, not... If you're only on Ferros, you've still got quite a bit to go. Well, I I did um, I did actually complete the area mm. where you um, kill the Vorian plant. Yeah, yeah. Um, Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, um, the Saurian killed Joel. 
Yeah, no, yeah. It's, not, it's not it's not Joel levels. Yeah. So I I got I got to that section as I thought, okay, I'm gonna persevere and just try and do this, which I did, and I I I would I let the the, the cutscene play out and just see where things were. But I just I just don't have the drive to play it. I just can't. I cannot be asked. Things. I think I've become accustomed too much to to the more recent games of our time, and unless you have like you said those rose tinted glasses from before, where like I can go back, uh, go back and play certain games, and it doesn't matter how crap the graphics are to me. I will just Metal Gear Solid straight in. Yeah, yeah of course. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm. But you understand what I mean because yeah, so many it, people are doing it with this. I never touched this back in the day, mm. so it's very different. It's very hard for me to go. I mm. can see, I, I can see why people enjoyed it. I just cannot get into it because I don't have that same level of of drive to do so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird well. because I, I, I pretty much played it. I did play it back in the day. Mm. But I, it's probably association with other similar games. Why I took to it very like a Doctor Water when I recently played it, and so I this, loved it. And I and I actually thought this is like a brand new game to me. Well, Ben, this um this leads me on to one of my major thinking with this one, by the way, because you've said a few times in the past about the similarity between Mass Effect and Kotor, mm. and I've always gone like, oh, yeah, I get what you mean. And that's actually because mostly I was remembering Mass Effect 2 and 3, where the differences are more apparent. Whereas Mass Effect 1, you go, oh my God, yeah, this is just KOTOR. It's KOTOR. Uh, it's yeah. just KOTOR. <laughs> it's fucking uh, KOTOR. Like the awkward, yeah, exactly. janky controls Kirk mentions. Yeah, KOTOR. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Massively yep. KOTOR. Um, Absolutely. Even like, I even think some of the crates and things like that, the um, sort of assets yes. within it, are just directly lifted. <laughs> Absolutely, it's, it's the exact the menus. Yeah, are exactly yeah. the same. Like everything, the story beats. <laughs> <laughs> the story beats. The major story beat. The major story beat. is definitely yeah. Um, and even the way you meet some of your part, your companions um, is absolutely. There's some similarities there. But let be let's be honest. Putting a team together is pretty much the classic storyline in all TV, film, and games yeah. ever. Think, so thing is, this game was was directly after it. Like it yeah, was so it. closely linked because it it was you know. Mm. They were one after another. So. Yeah, and I, I replayed Kotor last year, so I think it, it's still fresh enough in my memory to go like, oh my God, yeah, it's the same game. Well, um, I played it on Switch recently, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, you did. So, yeah. And that was a major one, but I thought I would also highlight, you mentioned about getting lost on Ferros, Kurt. Yeah. And I actually found the same, and it's a funny one, because the lighting is much, much better now. Like the longer uh, sort of skyscapes or yeah. landscapes on Ferros are brilliant to look at. They look amazing. But then because of that, I was finding myself unable to see turnings and things like this because you'd have bright light and then darkness. And the turning would inevitably be in the darkness. So I'd be there like, where the fuck am I going? Yeah. Um, And it was just, it was driving me mad. So that was kind of a really good thing for how much they've improved how it looks. But also going, this level design is a flipping nightmare. Um, (laughs) So it's been an interesting experience for me. I think I'm a bit further in than you because I've played about 10 hours. Okay. Um, And I've done Navaria and Therum as well. So not far off the end really now. Yeah, you're actually near near the end, aren't you? Yeah, I'm I'm coming up to um, the one you had so much trouble with, Ben, on Vermeer. And the reason we should remember who's important in your companions. But Mm. it's, yeah, so I'm very close to that. But I am trying to do the extra stuff to get the achievements because I'm not going to play Mass Effect 1 again, most likely for 10 years. Hmm. Um, you know, it's 2 and 3 are really good. And it would be interesting, Kirk, if you played 2 or 3 or both, if that then made you want to play 1 again. Okay. I'm, I'm, 
that I think would interest I need me. To, I need to play two or three because I loved one. Mm. <laughs> and and so I must really be in for a treat with two. Well, I mean, three... I know friend of the show, Ross, mentions two is his favourite and it is highly rated. But I yes. honestly, I still think three is, is the best. Just A lot of people say two is the best. Yeah. They do, they do. And I understand why, but I think... And in maybe in terms of gameplay, I'd agree. But I think three for me, it was the way it all coalesces from the first two games and the way they then deliver on a lot of conclusions, not necessarily the final one of the games, but on a lot of the smaller conclusions is just amazingly done. Um, almost every story okay. mission is a highlight for me. Fair enough. I mean, not as I'll good give... as Andromeda, though, Pete. I think we can all oh, agree what, that, what could we? be? Andromeda, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's a standalone and a standout in so many ways. Did you, uh, did you, um, <laughs> did you complete Andromeda, Pete? No, God, no. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> sweep that one under I, the rug. I think I got up through a mission and a half before I went, what the fuck well, is this? It, to be fair, <laughs> Ross, Ross really likes Andromeda, and I th- I've heard from uh, quite a few people now having... W- listen to them talk about Andromeda mm. that it's not as bad as the hype of it being bad suggested at the time yeah well I think my biggest problem with this one with uh, Mass Effect 1 in the Legendary Edition is the combat and that was actually my biggest problem with Andromeda as well um, I think the biggest issue with Andromeda with a lot of people is that there's unfinished story that too From, but I didn't yeah. get far enough to experience that to be honest that's true yeah. <laughs> fair play yeah. Um, but yeah I mean I kind of agree with you. I think none on positives is a bit harsh, Kirk. I think uh, you... it's personal personal opinion, mate, isn't it? At the end of the day, so it's. Well, I mean, I think you can uh, say you the can voice hide, acting. You can hide good, behind yeah, that. Whatever. You can hide behind that. Kirk, I'm going to hide behind you've it. Just, and you've just no. called an objectively objective masterpiece. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I mean, shit. Uh, I was say Dead Space is shit. Also, also, Kirk, exactly. I thought with the Mako, you'd love it because it's Vroomy Vroomy in the middle of a normal game. But oh, yeah, yeah, so like now, that you've, now that you've mentioned Vroomy Vroomy, uh, do, no, do you know what? Fuck it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Good. Fantastic. Shall we? Um... Good. Okay, shall we move on? <laughs> yeah, yes, we probably should. Thought he's oh, I thought, oh, Kirk, I thought you'd left. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um... Shall I go, or do you want Eddie to go? I, I mean, I, I, it's no skin off Why my nose, whichever one of you is next, yeah. I'll go next, and I'll go next, <laughs> and I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm going for it. Right, go. uh, this week, I played XO1 on Game Pass. Um, I I did a YouTube Hidden Gems video of Game Pass last week. Plug, plug, plug. Uh, it's on our YouTube channel, plug, plug, plug. Uh, mm. Grumpy Game Pass. Uh, grumpy Game Pass. <laughs> grumpy Game <laughs> Pass. <laughs> you know, it's not Paul Grumpy Game Pass. Uh, Grumpy Gamers podcast on YouTube. Um, I hadn't actually played it before, but I included this in the video. And after researching it, I, I wanted to play it. Um, it's kind of a small experience-led game. So the closest thing in recent times that's been released that I could compare it to is like the Artful Escape in terms of the way it makes you feel. But it's also literally fucking nothing like that. Um, <laughs> the game, the game is uh, basically you're like this disc-like spaceship and you're flying across the moons of Jupiter traveling towards a light on each moon and that propels you to the next place it's a pretty simple kind of um, loop concept Mm. Uh, but the rather interesting thing about it is the satisfying kind of physics physics mechanics to it so you can increase the gravitational pull on your ship um, as to gain speed while going on down slopes and stuff like that and you can glide and it's about traveling as quickly as you can to like get around and 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 trying to 
move across this world without um, using the physics of the, of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the whole process when you have headphones on and the music, which is which is good, good enough to put you almost in like it's a bit zen, zen like space, uh, like state when you're when you're playing this game. Mm. Um, and and for that part, I. I love experience games like that. Um, and it doesn't outstay its welcome either because it took me three hours, 18 minutes to complete this. And at two occasions, it, it kind of pulled me back when I was trying to figure out I couldn't quite work it out because of the camera and stuff like that. So, um, so it's a very, very short game. Yeah. Um, but the story is both one of my favorite parts and it's also my biggest gripe of the game. Um, um okay it's it's quite mysterious <laughs> the problem is it's quite mysterious it's revealed as you go along in like these little kind of like voice cutscene kind of things um but even though it's been revealed it's very mysterious and and i think it, it's way too mysterious um and i just wish it wasn't because knowing the story helps a lot in rationalizing why you're even playing the game and especially after you complete it so i looked up the story after i finished and to make sure that I picked up the right what was going on. And even even then, because it's an obscure game, it's so difficult to find the details. You're lucky to find a couple of Reddit posts where they're like, okay, so this is what I believe the story is. And then they explain it. <laughs> um, and if you know the story, you're like, ah, that's fucking good, actually. That's really good. Um, but you need it kind of confirmed by an external source to make sure you've got it, okay. or at least I did. Um, so you basically play, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoiler it, but, uh, you basically play an astronaut. You're the sole survivor of a mission to Jupiter where the rest of the crew died. Um, but nothing more is really explained and you, you get back to Earth and there's an alien blueprint that's been sent to Earth of a ship, uh, an alien ship and it's been built. Mm. And then, you essentially go and steal it and go back to Jupiter. And that's where the story starts. So it, the story, when, when you know what's happened, it's rewarding. It's excellently done. Uh, but only when you absolutely know the whole story. <laughs> like it's, it's so annoying. I just wish they did that better. Like I, I think they must have thought like, ah, yeah, we've, we've made that obscure enough to keep people interested, but it's like, no, be better. Um, but over, overall, this, this game, I do think is a hidden gem. I had a lot of fun playing with it. Uh, it's an experience game. Um, it's, it does different things to different people because of the Zen type game that it is. The first hour, especially, it's all pretty similar. And you, you do like, it was almost my own fucking little therapy session with my headphones on, <laughs> just doing this thing. It, it's quite atmospheric. It's good. I was playing it in the dark. It's uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty fucking weird, actually. But um, it, and only towards the last second, third, maybe of the game, had a couple of immersion breaking halts when I had to figure a few things out. But mm-hmm. nothing crazy. I mean, it's it was just a very well crafted game. I wouldn't sleep on it. I would say if you see it and you've got three hours, just fucking do it. I'd say like it's a uh, video games do different things to different people, and if you put the headphones on, it it could be quite a rewarding experience, I think. Nice. Yeah. It's, to me, it sounds like a game that you might like, Pete, if you had a spare three hours where you just went, you know what, I'll give it a bash. I mean, to be honest, it's channeling an awful lot of Journey and Shadow of the Colossus style gameplay, isn't Absolutely. it? Um, so, Absolutely. So, yeah, and, you're, and you're spot on that it's my type of thing. Yeah. Interstellar feels like it gives you that, that first hour. Mm. It's mm. pure Interstellar 
and mm. it's got the journey vibes and you're like yeah okay i can i can see here I, I started playing it at like 10 at night or something key question though, and then. uh yeah key question soundtrack um how is it's, it it's good but it's not um it's not something that you say is memorable of the game Oh, okay. Which is weird because you expect this soundtrack to yeah. be the thing that, mm-hmm. you know, it's the You're epic right, stuff. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't quite like that. I had this I had this chat with somebody else, so I was like, it hasn't it's good enough, but it's it's not epic. So that's, it's uh okay. yeah. That's that's one a of shame. the aspects that could be a bit better here. Because yeah, like I still listen to a couple of the tracks from Journey's soundtrack even now. Yeah. So it's not and I mm. do with Absu as well. So mm. Absu has a cracking soundtrack and really has that same kind of thing with it. But this this didn't but it obviously did enough to subconsciously put you in that state where you're just like that yeah. where you you're just do you're going through the game and you're you're getting better and yeah. So well, I mean, it, game. it's on Game Pass, so I should definitely give this a go anyway. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I do. Good find. Cool. I've got, uh, I've got one from Game Pass 2. Um, mm. I've got Warhammer 40k, uh, sorry, 40,000 uh, Battle Sector. I uh, don't know why I said Sector there. But um, <laughs> from the developers, Black Lab Games, they make a lot of Warhammer games and I think like Battlestar Galactica games as well. Um, this came out in July 2021, um, but it came to get a Game Pass. I think we looked it up before the pod. Was it December it came out? First of December, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think uh, I've been... This is... This is on my list for a while. I remember when we saw when we talked about it back in December when it was coming out on Game Pass. I think I was excited about it because it's got like the kind of mechanics of the actual board game Warhammer 40k. Mm. Um, but yeah, alas. Um, so uh, they describe it as the definitive battle scale game of turn-based strategy and fast-paced combat that takes you to battlefields across the 41st millennium. Um, it's in short, it's you've got two halves of the game. You've got the in-game battles against the Tyranids or Tyranids, whichever one, um, and then you've got the out uh, outside of battles where you kind of build your army. Um, mm. It's a story-based game, so you've got your missions. I think there's twenty campaign battles um, that you go through, but it's kind of all about those twenty missions. The outside of the game is really quite poor. Um, like all these games, like all fucking Warhammer games, they do really well, the in-battle in moments. You've got mm. your squad usually of anywhere between five and, like, ten. And there are some good mechanics there. You can Each unit has, like, certain special things that they can do, um, which is great because that doesn't actually happen in the board games. But it's great because it means every scenario you can kind of, like, set up ambushes. You can make sure that... Um, like, all weapons have a, a um, ultimate... Um, range and therefore so if you're really good at the game you need to make sure that all your units kind of work together so that they're in that ultimate um range but um the problem is there's a few things that the in in the middle of the battle it's it's really quite boring um <laughs> yeah okay. it is i mean i'm gonna rip this to shreds but i guess i was always going to because I, I love warhammer as, as a kid and this like every other warhammer game that i've ever played doesn't live up to that standing um well there shadow yeah. of the horned rat 
<laughs> oh yeah, Jesus that Christ! That one did. That yeah, was a that game. did. But when did that come out? That came out in like the eighties or something. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but that's the yeah, only well, good one. Yes. This one does not live up to that. Um, you know what really saddens me when I saw this and I saw uh, I did my research for it. I thought this could be really good because it kind of has that um, square-based combat um, grid mm. that can work if it was done right. But the big problem I I find is it's all small battles. It's literally like six on like ten. Um, yeah. And Warhammer 40k is not about that. It's about these huge, massive battles that you have with like two hundred men against a thousand tyrannids, and it really kind of fucks up on that respect. It, it kind of makes it too story. It kind of makes it go like, oh, here's your little, here's your buddies. This is what, oh, here's your special unit. You should be proud of him. Um, mm. And it sticks to that. It doesn't have the big, massive battles. It's all about the little people. Um, the story isn't engaging at all. Like all Warhammer, I, I mean, the books are quite like it, so I think they've kept to their roots with the books, but it's so intense that it's too intense. Like everyone is shouting and angry, and everything is everyone's going to die or no. There's no like character building. There's no one that you go, oh, I like this person. Mm. Um, and of course, like everyone, there's fucking betrayal. In every Warhammer, there's betrayal. You would think that people high up would hire people that don't betray them in a heartbeat, but <laughs> that's that's fucking Warhammer. That's toys. human nature, man. Oh, no, apparently, um, apparently, everyone betrays everyone all the time. Why is you, you know, Eddie? You've actually you've made me realise something, Eddie, which was we mentioned earlier that we're a gaming podcast and we don't really talk about mobile gaming, but. We don't spend very much time talking about tabletop gaming either, no, which hey. is well within the remit. Um, <laughs> and you actually flagged it to me because I remember someone saying recently, it was a Reddit post I was reading on Warhammer Total War, mm. but they were pointing out that the game, the board game, had become about like 10 units versus 10 units because yeah. no one can afford the bloody models because they're so ridiculously <laughs> expensive. Oh, that's really. why. Yeah, and I wonder if that's what Battle Sector's done as it's gone, well, Shit. we'll just mirror the size it is now, which is like 10 on 10 because you can't afford to spend £300 <laughs> or more just to kit out a table. And that's before that's, you even have to buy really the paint. That's a really fair point. Yeah. yeah, so I guess, and I mean, that scale is going to be disappointing, isn't it? But yeah. I guess yeah. that maybe that's why they've done it that way. Um, that makes sense. I mean, maybe I was a rich kid. I mean, I didn't think I was, although I was poor as shit, but apparently I was, because I, I had a whole um, Ultramarines I had. That's another thing mm. that it falls down. You can literally only be two um, people. You can be the Tyrannids for apparently a few games, not that I've played them, and you can be the Blood Angels. Um, you know what's quite Blood cheeky? Blood Angels are the best one, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, no, I'm all about the Ultramarines, <laughs> but... Um, I did see that there are DLCs, and I can see that there are they are um, units and um, sorry factions mm. of other other people. So I think they're doing a they're doing a classic Warhammer of like oh pay an extra six quid and you can get your favorite faction. Yeah, um, yeah, of course, like like a Warhammer Total War has done yes, many exactly. times. And exactly. also, actually, what yeah. Battlefleet Gothic did, and oh, you yeah. made another spot on comment because Battlefleet Gothic, the actual combat is incredibly good. Yeah, um, it's just a shame that the campaign, while still decent, could have been so much more with so little extra effort, and they just went, mm. "Nah, it's fine." Mm. Um, and it sounds yeah. like that's what this one's a bit like as well. I, I don't understand. I've talked about this before. I don't understand why developers of Warhammer games don't put in a lot of effort into the out of battle stuff. Because mm. if you played Warhammer as a kid, you spent hours in your codex working out mm. what units cost what 
things so that you can use your favourite units and you can and then you go, oh, what happens if they've got flying units? I need something to counter that. You spent so long going, I need to set up my army right here. So why don't they just just implement systems into these games where it's a lot of the out of field battle matters? Um, yeah. it, it it perplexes me and upsets me because use, I mean, use a points based system for God's sake, just like it'll yeah, work, wouldn't it? Just something like something <laughs> that's designed well. I mean, the the first game that came closest, Total War Warhammer, and I've chucked mm. a billion hours into it, and it's probably made <laughs> billions of dollars um, around the world. So mm. it's annoying that I don't know why developers aren't putting more effort into the out of battle stuff, but. Hey, it's on Game Pass, so it's free to those of you who are on Game Pass. I think, Pete, did you say it was like 30 quid on Steam or something like that? Yeah, I think it's something like £30 still. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't recommend spending over £10 on this. Uh, okay. Know, I wouldn't. Um, one one but, for yeah, Game Yeah, for Game Pass, Pass is, it's a good one to just jump on and play and see how shit it is. <laughs> wow. That's a powerful finish. That is a, that is a powerful finish, yeah. <laughs> Check out the new game to Game Pass out six weeks ago. <laughs> if you really want to waste your time. Um, yeah, good. Okay, that's the kind of energy we want to carry into the feature, isn't it, boys? <laughs> yes, powerful. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, as I failed to describe earlier, that our feature this week is a comparison of different lengths of games or different styles of games as well, really, because we've talked a lot over time about sort of short games, long games, and I've brought up quite a few times story generators, um, by which I mean things like RimWorld and Stellaris and Valheim, that type of game, you know, where it changes every time. Um, And I thought it was probably worth having more of a discussion about this because a lot of people only like one type of game or have a massive preference for one type, but they've all got a lot of pros and quite a few cons attached, don't they? So yeah, it's definitely yeah. worth discussing a bit. And so I suppose for the basis of this, when we're talking short games, things like, um, got the game you just talked about, Ben, don't make me scroll up. X01. X01. Thank you. Games like that is definitely a short game. Um, yes. The Artful Escape is a short game, these sort of lengths. And then yep. you've got the longer games by which, I mean, actually Mass Effect would still come into the short game, but Mass Effect 3 would not. Um, but games like The Witcher 3, um, those sort of games, uh, Dying Light is clearly going to be an example of a long game. Um, would long game. <laughs> yeah, just, just a bit, especially if you uh, want to play it while walking between Madrid and Krakow or whatever it was. Um, so that's definitely the longer games. And then story generators are those ones that are essentially unlimited um but with the very big difference of basically they can't have a consistent storyline whereas both short and long can Mm. um so it's worth sort of thinking about it and i know we've each got our own ideas on these so i'll I'll start with you ben because you play quite a varied supply of games here probably the most varied among us this is an interesting topic that um I think it was it you, Pete, who came up with this 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 one. It's um, I think Kirk threw it out there actually. Or was it because Kirk? we discussed yeah, it mean, a few times? Yeah, yeah, we have discussed it, and also uh, uh, like guests uh, that we've had on um, mm. Adam Switch Indie Fix. I think he was more accustomed to a shorter game as well. Yeah. Like, and different people like different things. Now, I I get a lot of. It definitely depends on what you're into at that particular time. That the biggest thing that our discussions have really centered around is is value. 
and mm. and whether a short game can deliver the same value that a longer game can. I mean, so I've described X01. Um, I've also uh, j- just there now. If let's say that weren't on Game Pass and I were buying it, it would be like fifteen pounds. Now Eddie would probably say, and Eddie can talk to attest to this in a, in a minute <laughs> that that would be ridiculous and that what obscene because it's almost like a per hour cost, and <laughs> I can definitely understand that. Um, a lot of shorter games give you these these experiences that longer games just don't because they are very crafted there's there's no filler there's no um it's it's very story driven um so to think of oxen free or even what remains of edith finch which was remember like almost a game of the year contender a few years ago yeah and that was yeah. that's like three hours long um it's a lot of special types of games like that the real short experiences people miss altogether. Um, something like Game Pass is amazing at bringing these together mm. for people because it's very unlikely that somebody's going to drop money on that. Now, Eddie talked about buying a game for £2 earlier. Yeah, £2.90. Um, yeah, £2.90. Sorry, that, that was almost 50% off. Um, yeah, so <laughs> three, three pounds um, which is insane. Like, to get a game for that, and, and and you wouldn't have bought that unless it was probably a uh, a twenty hour plus. It's <laughs> it, it's just I find it a good conversation topic to talk about the value of games, especially when you have a lot of commercial games uh, that are in the game of the year conversations for the game of the awards, uh, game awards, uh, for instance. They probably will look at certain games as being too long. The Last of Us Two, a lot of people had an opinion that that was too long at twenty five hours, mm. that it had too much filler in. Um, so a lot of gamers, and especially on the, um, the, the games that are viewed as AAA kind of commercial games, let's take something like Guardians of the Galaxy, which Kirk, is about 12, yeah. 15 hours. So it's about, it's, yeah, so it's between, it's about 15 to 20 hours, depending on how much or, you're doing, but or I, worse, that actually that's not too bad, but Resident Evil 8, I mean that to even I who like a short game. That is fucking disgusting. Well, <laughs> and that game is designed to be played a number of times, hey, I think, Resident because Evil, six hours. Resident six Evil hours. Three was five hours. Oh, yeah, you're Jesus. right. You're right. Mm. Yeah. So Res- uh, Resident Evil just take the fucking piss sometimes. <laughs> and that they charge it a full fucking price. Yes. I bought Resident Evil 8 day one, and it was probably 50 fucking quid. And you six were finished hours. with it that evening. Eddie, 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 would be, Eddie would get depression if he yeah. bought Resident Evil 8 for 50 quid, and, and it was six hours long. Um, yes, but then it's, it's, it's I'm interested. Expensive. So this is this is what I'm a little bit interested in because when we were doing our research and stuff for this, I consider a short game to be around 20 hours or less. Yeah, like as a mm. one or done style thing. So the games like Guardians of the Galaxy that was done. Mm. I did that in 20 hours. Um, I've done yes. God of War. I've done that in about 20 hours. Sp- uh, Marvel's Spider Man the, the mm. same. Most of the MGS game, uh, sorry, Metal Gear Solid games are around that kind of time. Evil Within, uh, the Resident Evil 2 remake, and the Ori games, Pete. They're yeah. about 20 hours long each if you if you want to complete them and you can do it to full completion. But that's what I consider uh, short short games. But that's, <clears> but then what you're saying, Ben, with your with your short games is that you're you're obviously talking about a few hours. There are going to be differences within these categories as well, by the way. But my, 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 point, my point on that one, actually, is that I value games which are like three hours mm. but more than games which are like 10 to 15. Um, so one of the things that's put me off playing Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, and I know this is wrong because I, I think it is actually supposed to be a very good game and everyone's... Kirk, you said it's a great game. And I actually, I, I think... You, I'm sure you're right on that fact. 
but I can't be bothered. Like it's it's too much of a time commitment for something so short and non-recurring. Whereas when you have a three-hour game, I can just bash bash that out and and it's and it's done. I've I've experienced something quite special a lot of the time. Yeah. But the, these games, which are considered short, like. 10 to 15 hours that that is my range or 8 to do, 8 to 15 or something is that range that I hate do you reckon you're kind of going through a phase at the moment though because you've you've said before that you, you used to love games like like mm. what Guardians is but now you're not you're not so into it so do you I, think I, your tastes yeah, have changed I, I do think they've changed but I, I, I think because what annoys me about a game that that's length that length now is I've spent too much time with Eddie and Pete and <laughs> if I'm putting time into a game and if I've spent 15 hours on that game, I'm actually quite into it. Yeah. And then yeah. you end it. Well, I suppose... I, mean, like, I, don't, I don't like that. I suppose a better way to describe the difference here in term, instead of going by length is that short games, we I mean, it's a con- single continual narrative that you finish off. And a long game yeah. for me is one where there's a wider world to explore. And I don't just mean open world by that, but I mean there's side content, there's extra missions, there's extra characters, all that sort of stuff. Mm, which yeah. is less present when it's a, a linear or not even necessarily linear, but a direct narrative you're playing through. Yeah. Um, and that's the difference with things like The Witcher compared to things like Guardians, yeah. um, as oh. opposed to... Because if you just took The Witcher's narrative, it's still longer, but it's nothing like the overall game. Like The narrative of The Witcher is probably 30% of the content. I, I would say um, from myself, I think I span a lot mm, of the games. I think Definitely. I think Eddie is definitely a longer game player. Um, and I think Kirk probably, I imagine, would be put off by most RPGs that are over 20 hours. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm not even... I'm not even I, I, other than Mass Effect, I can't even properly remember the last RPG I've played. Probably Cyberpunk, to be honest with you. Yeah, and probably even would be. then, Even then, it's, I don't have that draw. And I was disappointed like in the length of Cyberpunk because it was 25 hours. I was like, you I thought that was longer, way too short. I wanted that to be 60 hours. You needed to do more side missions, Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I probably did. Yeah, but it is, it's an interesting one because I think, I actually think Eddie more falls into the story generators. Um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I was doing um, oh, my yes, research yes. for this, I was having a look through and... Um, when I was like, basically give myself examples of story generators and short games and long games to see like kind of what, where I fall. Um, the story generators, I literally named like five of my top five games <laughs> of all time. I mean, RimWorld and Mountain Blade are in there. That's number yeah. one and two right there. Um, and they're story generated games. So yeah, don't get me wrong. Um, there are long games that come in any Bethesda game, any CD Projekt Red game, um, mm. the Wasteland games, the Far Cry games. I obviously like long long games. But story generators are the ones that I would say are literally my top five favorite, which is which is interesting because I would say this must it must be a thing with me. It must be time and value because I play Far Cry Four and I go, this is incredible! What an amazing game! I play Wasteland um, Two. Is it Wasteland Two? Mm. Wasteland 2 and I went this is incredible I'm having so much fun and I look back and I go wow what a game how incredible is that um, I was prepared to pay 60 quid for the, the recent Wasteland which thank god I didn't um, but that's because of how much I respect them but however when I look at this I look at RimWorld and Mountain Blade and I go those are my favourites of all time so 
Mm. Yeah, I'm a story generator guy. Um, when I was looking at short games, I don't think there's not one game in my Steam library of the fucking hundreds there that I <laughs> would consider a short game. Um, and I but think you're, you're not a st- you're not a story experience, uh, well, a so, short experience kind of no, player. Well, so this you? this actually is. I mean, you were almost getting to the crux of the debate there, Eddie, before uh, before time. But this um, is another thing to it because. The longer games, the story generators, mm. I think, and even things like Fallout I'm going to put into the same bracket here, it's the fact that you don't just go straight line like you're watching a film, but you're part of it. Mm. You can do your own thing. There's room to go rogue and just do whatever. Like you could, you could technically in Skyrim just become a blacksmith and not actually play the game at all, but just go around <laughs> selling armor and weapons and getting richer. And if you really wanted to, you can do that all on horseback and not even fast travel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you don't have that option in things like Final Fantasy 13, which is still a relatively long game, but linear. And so I guess it's that additional freedom you get, which is then accentuated in the story generators. And, um, and that is, and that is, uh, I think, centered around somebody. What somebody's trying to get out of video games? Yes, yes. Um, like that escapism world. I think Eddie is probably more looking for that. Like, so we've we've been over the fact that uh, Medieval Dynasties, mm. a game as mundane, it would seem as that, is mm. is actually sounds phenomenal and something that you've played and you yeah, really like it, yeah. because it's just it's pure immersion. Um, building up your own fucking village, but it, but it's just that I I love I romanticize the idea of that, but I often find it boring. But I do play some of them, so I I kind of dip in. Yeah, and I mean you've played things like Endless Space, Ben, which would yeah, very absolutely. much be considered it. But I think um, to go back to what Eddie was saying, and I think to the crux of this is the key questions being like, does a longer game make for a better game? As a statement, you know what I mean? Which is yes. Um, if everything else is the same, is just a longer game going to be a better game for you? And mm. I, the fun bit is I think we do have a lot of different angles on this because yeah. I play pretty much exclusively story generators with the odd two to four hour one thrown in, mm. like generally. Um, you know, things like um, Artful Escape and uh, what was it called? Noir, Genesis Noir, things like that. Yes. Two of my favorite games last year and they're four hours each. Um, and they're nice little circuit breakers, to use the COVID terminology, in between <laughs> 250 hours of Stellaris um, as it goes completely random. So first off, do we each have an answer for that question, do you think? Does a longer game for you make for a better game? Um, and I'll start with Ben there. This is a really hard one because I've just started <laughs> playing Valhalla, haven't I? And, <laughs> and it's like, well... <sighs> I I kind of I kind of do think and I think this is changing of the of the tide because I used to be more on the Kirk side of the fence or mm. where I imagine this will go on Kirk's side but I I'm now on the longer game because I also don't think that finishing a game necessarily is required mm. I something like Assassin's Creed was a prime example when I talked about it last week if you played that for 40 hours and had your fill then that's fine you don't need to finish it mm. um so i i think with everything being equal i'm starting to come around more towards you and to eddie by thinking that actually that does make a better game because what i'm yearning for what i've yearned for for years is my 
everyday game. My uh, game that yes. I yeah. cannot that that is my go to. And I it used to be Football Manager, and I know it's hard to say that's kind of a game sometimes. Mm. But um, that's a story generator. It is. It's a story yeah. generator, yeah. and I've played thousands and thousands of hours of it, and I kind of disregard it when we're talking about video games or whatever but it is a, it is a game obviously mm. um but i like my every maggot and that's why i've always been so interested in getting into an mmo i mm. mentioned to you guys that um the old republic i would love to play that like mm. but i romanticize the idea of it and i never do it like we're playing halo infinite all the fucking time i've yeah and and that's what i'm kind of using as my kind of go-to everyday game at the moment but it's not quite the same as like a an MMO or something like that which well, you I progress that's what I really yeah. want yeah mm. that's what I really want mm. um, so yes I would say yes a longer game with everything else being equal makes for a better game and I'm gonna gonna guess Eddie you you think so as well um, yeah absolutely I, I think I think it's even um, unless with short games they've put in some real effort into like voice acting or whatever um, mm. I, I would even consider it a bit lazy when they don't beef it out a bit um, well. I know a lot of people hide behind oh, quality is better than quantity well if mm. it was if it's that good then maybe you could beef it out and it can still be as good as you thought it was before and then you're appealing yeah. to everyone um, but yeah absolutely I, I think longer the better okay and Kirk well I'm the other side of the fence obviously I don't I don't like spending too much time in any particular game but I do like to complete a game mm. I and this is one of the reasons why I'm I, I've always banged on about I like campaigns, I like I like story driven games because I like I like being involved in that sense in this medium of, of gaming. I like being part of the story and seeing the story unfold and I'm the one that's doing that. And now I understand that these longer games that you guys play, like your Rim Worlds and uh the, the MMOs and Witcher Oblivion, all that kind of stuff is is what is what you well, like mm. Ben said, yearn for. But I just I don't want to do, to to do that because and I think the reason is because I have such really a limited amount of time to play games. I want to be able to play something that I can pick up and play like Ben said like Halo Infinite or Rocket League or whatever whenever, but when I put my head down and focus, I just want to be able to sink 20 hours or so into a game and then be done with it and I say I I really enjoyed that and then move on to the next thing. Okay, and I so yeah, and I think there's there's definitely like this is the thing. There's room for all of these games. Like when I've not had much time, having the shorter games is a brilliant thing to do because with things like RimWorld, if you sit down for an hour, you kind of go, well, nothing happened. <laughs> um, sometimes, don't you? Like you might get one raid to defend against or something like that, or you might just end up building a flipping hospital, um, <laughs> just a very rudimentary one, and then go, oh god, an hour's gone. So I can understand where you're coming from there, Kirk. And I think mm. it's, I don't know, I suppose that question may have been too simple, really, because I get your answer to it as well, Ben. But when it's a singular narrative, I don't think length does improve it. It's only when there's many narratives or many different ways for it to play out that I want a long game. And then we've all seen from the Steam Hours count I've got on Warhammer and on Stellaris and on RimWorld, Jesus, I play a lot of 4X games. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking like half my library is 4X games and they've all got 100 hours or more. Um, it's it's those ones where so many different things can pan out. Then, I, yes, it's better in my eyes. I just, I, the question I have in my head is like when you say about the singular story experience, if The Last of Us 2 was 50 hours long, mm. 
and it continued to have story beats. But then I suppose you're adding more quality into that. If you're saying it keeps the same quality, it's better when it's longer, in my opinion. Um, (laughs) But I I do get what you're saying. Uh, But you can't keep that quality and the story writing and everything up forever. So that's why why a contained experience is often better. And I, 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 I completely get where you're coming from, Kirk, because... I used to, um, especially with this podcast as well, because we like to play a lot of games. Mm. Um, I, I love a 10 hour game because I could complete it. I feel good. I get a, I get that dopamine hit when I, I've, I've completed a game. Sense I've of boxed that off. isn't it? You've done something. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get that. A lot of people are like, I've completed 50 games this year. Mm. Like that's a, that's a, an achievement in people's minds. And I, I, I respect that. That's, that's absolutely fine. Um, I don't quite have that same belief anymore. That's that's not where I'm at. But for this podcast, I do try to play a shit ton of games. So <laughs> yeah, so I have to kind of hold this belief because every week I want to play games, new games. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're coming to game season now where we have Dying Light, we have Elden Ring, we have Horizon, and we have the Pokemon game. Ben's, Ben's got to be fucking... I And those are games that I want to complete. You're a busy man. Yeah, and I want to complete world. them because I, I genuinely want to complete them to talk about them on here because they are big-ass releases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be putting in 10 hours and going, oh, yeah, I've had my fill of that game. No, I want to complete Dying Light 2. You know, that's where I want to be. So and it would be helpful if they're not do, as yeah, long. 500 hours? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be, it'd be helpful that's 20 hours. Well, actually, Dying Light brings up a good question because I suppose the way we can rephrase this is... Are the amount of hours you spend in a game the best indicator of its value? Because think about it. If you play through Dying Light and play 500 hours, is that going to increase the value on the 25-hour experience significantly for you? Do you know what I mean? And There has to be diminishing returns, surely. Yeah, and then you can also think about how for Game of the Year, I put forward um, Artful Escape, didn't yes. I, as an option, which shows it had a pretty high value for me despite being so short. So that is true, but mm. sh- and surely after a certain number, like a hundred hours, surely it's all the same. No, no, <laughs> that point, surely. <laughs> no, because no, there are things like mods that come into it as well. Like there Rimworld, are. I've got God knows how many hours, and it's because there's always mods coming out that makes it a better, different game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, the, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny that you guys say that about the longer games, though, because like, like, like Ben just said, like, surely it's the same thing after a hundred hours, but then you're very quick to say, but these 15, 20-hour experiences that you play with your story games are just absolutely not what you want because of the complete opposite, basically. <laughs> Kirk, I've got a question. I've got Go a question for you. Um, if you, In a world where you own a PlayStation in this generation at the moment uh, and games are £70, yeah. this is... This is the issue that I'm coming across, so get your thoughts on it. Because you, you're a person like me, you're more on my side in terms of length of game. You're a bit probably like shorter, but let's say Ratchet and Clank. Let's say you really wanted Ratchet and Clank. Yep. Could you possibly, like I did, I, I paid £70 and it's like a 14 hour game or something. Does that, does that irk you? Resident Evil, if you had bought it, I know you've bought it recently, yep. but Resident Evil 8, if you had paid £70 or whatever I paid for it on day one, like, is that acceptable? I would say no, but Ooh, okay. I don't value Ratchet and Clank. But if you gave me <laughs> Horizon, no, or... to say you did, let's say it was a pick a game that you did value, okay. and it was God of War. I, yeah. I value that game. I loved, I loved I... the the first one. 
And mm. if I did have a PS5, I would be I would get God of War Ragnarok on release. But what if, for- if it, what if it was what if it was ten hours? Would you get uh, it for seventy pounds? Because what I'm trying to do here is say if you, yeah, I get, you I get value what you're doing. I get length what you're of doing. games. Well, I mean that's like seven pound per hour of fun. The other <laughs> the other variable to throw in there, Kirk, is Rocket League. Yes. How many hours? Like compare Rocket League to God of War. Uh huh. Which one do you value higher? There, good point. See, this is this is where things <laughs> start becoming difficult because right? Rocket League, I do love. I, I love it to bits, and I have put a lot mm. of hours into it. Yeah, eight hundred mm. plus at this point. Mm. But it doesn't give me the same satisfaction as a game, a story-driven game like God of War. Wow, interesting. Okay, oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah. It does. It. I don't. I, I don't have a linear approach to how I how I see this. Like the, a, mm. a, a certain game has to offer something that is unique to it for me does that make mm. sense yeah. yeah yeah so and and to ben's point if i paid 70 pound for a game which i might not you know obviously with the playstation 5 we've got ratchet and clank it looked great but if it's like 14 15 hours i don't think that's ideal but i that's because i don't i don't rate that game very well but then if i because i've had experience with god of war the first one and then going into ragnarok obviously if it was 10 hours that's really fucking pushing it and I'd feel a bit robbed. If it mm. was 20 hours, I would take it on the chin a bit more and as long as the game itself was fucking stellar, like the first one in my in my mind, mm. you know? Mm. So it's it's funny this this kind of discussion because everybody obviously has a really different opinion it, on what they it value. Sounds, it sounds yeah. it sounds to me Kirk that you would appear like me to have almost a minimum pound per hour uh, like a, a, a maximum pound per hour that you're willing to go to you need it to be a certain length but then after that point you're willing <laughs> well, to take it on the chin it's length it's quality as well they it, it is but mm. I, I go back to resident evil 8 i mean i just think <laughs> yeah. that is well, and I, I know it's paid, there you paid so 50, you paid 50 for it I, I assume yeah when it first came out 50? i can't remember but it, but it was full price i, I picked price. it i picked it up for 25 quid and i think that's a bargain like in my in my opinion i i i love seven and i'm gonna go through this one now and if it how long did you say it was eight Eight, six, hours? Hours, six, six, six hours. Six hours. Okay. Oh, I mean, I've had. I, I, Resident Evil 3 cost me 15 quid, and that was five hours. And I said, do you know what? It was 15 quid, and I got a good time out of it. That's fine. But we'll see how I feel for about three Resident hours. Evil. Three hours? I've <laughs> right. fucking. No, no, I sit on the I, toilet for three hours after about nine hours. Nine hours. Okay. Okay. Have five a better hours. time. Okay, That's we're getting an idea of your COVID wow, Sunday is, there, Eddie, aren't we? Um, I suppose. <laughs> Kirk, just for comparison's sake, for instance, Stellaris yep. and all its DLC has probably cost me close to a hundred quid. Okay. In total. Yep. And as surprisingly, I only actually have about five hundred and fifty hours in that. Which, mm-hmm. while it's a lot, is less than I thought it would be at this stage. Right. And my point is, we're you're talking about games there that are like seventy quid for eight hours or fifteen quid for five hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm looking at one pound for six hours. Yeah. As a minimum. Yeah. I mean, that's so, incredible yeah. value. <laughs> that's that's what I mean. Is it is the hour in the game the value you're getting from? You know what I mean? Like, that's where it becomes more difficult to argue. But the, the thing is, I think I think The Last of Us Two is the best game that I've ever played, and that was 25 hours long. Mm. So, and I hold that above all others. And it is sometimes quality holds a value in itself, yes. um, and is above and beyond. And that experience stays with you for mm. such a long time. And and the craftsmanship that has gone into that. Uh, is it's uh, not, it's not just value. Actually, it's not monetary value. It's not just that. It's what you value. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? It's 
what you value in the game and the quality of the game itself. The length really is an irrelevance. I've loved four-hour games. I've loved 800-hour games. Um, as long as they are good quality, you're going to have a good time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's, half that's where fair. we have to fall down on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we've reached no conclusion because we never could, but yeah. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Although you did say it earlier, Ben, I would love to ask Adam this question next time we see him. So that might be yeah. one to stay, save up for that point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or maybe he can answer us on one of our socials, Ben. Maybe he can. He can. Oh. He could email us along with everyone else at <laughs> podcast at grumpygamers.co.uk. Uh, you can tweet us, uh, and that's mainly Kirk at grumpygamerspod. Um, we also have the YouTube channel, which we've talked about, and we've been posting regular videos on it, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Um, Grumpy Gamers podcast. Um, yeah, we've we've got had loads of recent videos, so go, go check them out. Yes, do. Okay, that was how that wrapped up. Right. Okay. Decisive. Yeah, I had, a, I had a big <laughs> spiel, no, I had a big spiel written down. And I just I couldn't be bothered. So you the energy. Yeah. Check yeah. Come on, fantastic. Go, go check them out. And also, we have a load of coming up. Where Pete and I are going to do an Elden Ring video. We've we got a Starfield video coming up. Loads of good stuff. Go for it. Go for it. Yes, indeed. Check it out. But for now, it's GG. 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 GG.